Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. The Volume. Boxing with Chris Mannix is presented by FanDuel. The NBA season is kicking into gear. You guys know I love my NBA. And there's no better place to get into the action than FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, and easy to use. FanDuel has exclusive offers, boosts, and more all month long. When you win, you get paid fast. FanDuel has lots of ways to play, like the spread, money line, over-unders, team totals, player props, and so much more. Jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting. Combine multiple bets from the same game in a same-game parlay and try out Same Game Parlay Plus. So download the FanDuel app today using promo code BOXING. Start making every moment more. This is Boxing with Chris Manning. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. Okay, we are back. Recording this podcast just minutes after the decision was announced in the Jake Paul-Tommy Fury fight. And surprise, surprise, it is Tommy Fury coming away with a split decision win over Jake Paul. It is Fury's ninth win as a professional boxer, and he hands Jake Paul his first professional loss. I have a lot to say about that fight. A lot to say. But I first have to give credit, have to give props to Badu Jack. Badu Jack is now the WBC Cruiserweight Champion of the World, and he is that because he put together a comprehensive, decisive, dominant win over Junior Makabu. He dominated from start to finish. He knocked Makabu down twice, and he picked up the stoppage in the 12th round. Badu Jack is a success story. Badu Jack, he could have been done back in 2019 after he lost to Jean Pascal. It was his second consecutive loss in the 175-pound division. Instead, he moves up in weight. He starts working pretty closely 
with the Paul family. He puts together five straight wins, gets a shot at a cruiserweight championship, and then delivers arguably the best performance of his professional career in winning a cruiserweight title. Bravo to Badu Jack. That was fantastic. I didn't think he'd have the chin to hang in there over 12 rounds with Junior Makabu, but not only was he never in any serious danger, but he was buckling Makabu with these shots and eventually forced the referee to make a stoppage in the 12th round. He now has options. He's 39 years old, but his future is very much ahead of him. Uh, the cruiserweight division is not a glamour division, but Lawrence Acoli is in that weight class. I can think of worse fights to make than Lawrence Acoli against Badu Jack for the unified cruiserweight championship. That's a fight that would do good business over in the UK. So credit to Badu Jack. Fantastic performance. He got an opportunity on a pretty big stage as the co-main event of Paul versus Fury, and he made the most of it, knocking out Junior Makabu, becoming a cruiserweight champion. Now, the main event. This was billed as Jake Paul's first test against a real boxer, and even though there were some skeptics of Tommy Fury and his status as a real boxer, it certainly lived up to that billing. Tommy Fury's got some skills. He has not looked great in his eight previous fights. He has not fought world beaters, to say the least, in his eight previous fights. Only two of those opponents have had winning records. But Tommy Fury came out with a good game plan and executed it really well. Uh, he operated off his jab early on. He came out with activity. He didn't tire out in the later rounds of that fight. He dealt with some adversity in the seventh round when he took a knockdown that was a legitimate knockdown. You go back and watch it. He took a punch from Jake Paul, but as he took that punch, he slipped on the ring apron, and that was part of the reason that he went down. That's something, by the way, boxing needs to look into. Too many guys are slipping on these glossy ring aprons that they use to promote various things. And Tommy Fury paid the price for that. But he settled down, finished the fight, and came away with a split decision win. This was the right decision. No robbery, no questions about it. Tommy Fury won that fight. I had him up 3-1 through four rounds. Thought he split the last two. Jake Paul gets a slight edge with, uh, with the knockdown. There were two point deductions in this fight, which we'll get to in a minute. But this was the right call. Even afterwards, Jake Paul, he said this was the right call. So Tommy Fury wins a decision. And good for him because Tommy Fury came into this fight with a world of pressure on his shoulders. Tommy Fury was not just fighting Jake Paul. He had to deal with his family putting pressure on him. His dad, John Fury, mocking Jake Paul. His brother, Tyson Fury, the heavyweight champion of the world, effectively saying, Tommy, win this fight or don't come home. So he came into this fight with more at, at stake than just his perfect record in boxing. He came into this fight with a lot of outside pressures, and he responded to it incredibly well. He dealt with all the head games that Jake Paul played with him throughout that fight. Those head games even continued in the moments before the fight. Tommy Fury does his ring walk. Usually there's like a five-second delay before the next ring walk happens. There was more than two minutes that Jake Paul made Tommy Fury wait in a cold arena, cold venue, for him to come out and do his own ring walk. So credit Tommy Fury, showed discipline, showed some skill, got the job done. Jake Paul. Faced with an opponent that had some skill, Jake Paul did struggle. 
he could never get off that overhand right that we've seen stop Ben Askren, that we've seen you know, knock out Cole Tyron Woodley. He was looking for it. And I thought at various times during this fight, Tommy Fury was open to it. I thought Tommy was throwing something of a lazy jab throughout the middle rounds of this fight. And when you throw a lazy jab against a guy with real power in the overhand right, that is incredibly dangerous. So when we got to like the third round, I had Tommy winning, but I, I was saying to myself, he's open for that big shot. He could be up in this fight, but he could go down in a heap very quickly if he was uh, if he got hit with one of those big shots. But Jake Paul was never able to really land that signature punch. And that seemed to be all he had in that moment. He threw some jabs and he got that knockdown off a jab, but he didn't seem to have the discipline in this fight to try to outbox Tommy Fury. I, I think he was convinced that he was going to knock out Tommy Fury and he was going to end this fight in spectacular fashion as he did against Woodley. Fury has more punch resistance, has more skills, is younger, fresher, and Jake Paul just wasn't able to get the job done. I don't think Jake Paul embarrassed himself. In fact, I'm ready to see the rematch. Jake Paul has a rematch clause in this fight. He can exercise it, and he can make a boatload of money. I don't know what the final figure was when it comes to income for Jake Paul and Tommy Fury, but yeah, you've heard rumors of anything from 4 to $6 million per fighter. Why wouldn't both those guys want to run this back if the money is still there for them somewhere in the Middle East? So Jake Paul says he wants to exercise his rematch clause that makes a ton of sense. He should do that because otherwise, this is kind of a chapter in Jake Paul's boxing career that is left unwritten. Like, there are other options out there for Jake Paul. He could return to fighting MMA fighters. He could go back and fight Nate Diaz, which is someone he's talked about facing. He could move on and fight KSI, somebody that he's talked about for years of eventually facing. But I think he does need to take and win a rematch against Tommy Fury for either of those fights to have the market appeal that uh, that they would otherwise have if he had a win over Tommy Fury. So Jake Paul says he's going to exercise the rematch clause. There are things Jake Paul can learn too. Like again, I don't think he was boxing in a way that was even close to enough to win a decision. I don't. I think he was boxing for a knockout. Next fight, he can still look for the knockout because again, Tommy's not going to develop that Tyson-like jab, you know, in the next six months. He's going to be open to that type of shot. But you've also got to adjust, throw more jabs yourself, try to be a little bit more active. Don't, you know, try to time Tommy coming in, which is what he did in the seventh round when he scored that knockdown. There are things Jake Paul can learn from this and be better moving forward. This event, it, it was marred by really shoddy refereeing. Uh, Hector Afu was the referee, a Panamanian referee. And from the start, he was way too involved. Uh, he was warning these guys 30 seconds in for grappling. He took two points away, one from Jake Paul, one from Tommy Fury. And it just seemed like he was determined to be part of this show. And that's not a referee's responsibility. A referee's responsibility is to be invisible, if at all possible. You want to make sure it's a clean fight. And there were moments that it, it was kind of dirty in there with some rabbit punching and some holding. But I'll give you an example here. When guys get tangled up, good referees, the first thing they do, first thing you hear is punch out, punch out. Because you want to encourage guys 
to punch out of these grapples and not hold on for too long. Because if you're telling them to punch out, if you're telling them that you're not going to step in there and pull them apart, that gives them less incentive to grapple. Because a lot of times when fighters grab on, they're looking for the referee to stop the action. They're looking for a break because they're tired. If you're telling these guys to punch out, that's going to disincentivize them from actually doing it. So I was very disappointed with the performance uh, of Hector Afu. I, I just didn't think he he did, and forget a good job, but he was just too involved. Like it became a three-person event with Jake Paul, Tommy Fury, and the referee, and that's never, uh, ever what you want. So Tommy Fury, he gets the win. He gets a lot of respect for that win. Jake Paul, he takes his first professional loss. Wasn't embarrassing. Wasn't something he can't come back from. It will be interesting to see how Jake does come back from this. He said in the post-fight interview, he said, judge me by my losses, not by my wins. And an open question that I've had about Jake Paul was how does he respond to a loss? Because it's one thing to be motivated when you're undefeated, when you're picking up wins and nobody can touch you and you're dealing with all the critics who are just desperate for somebody to beat you. Well, now Jake's gotten beat. Jake's got a loss on his resume. And Jake is the kind of guy that has a lot of other options. He's involved with a gambling website. He's involved with various products. He is a successful YouTuber. Will he have the same fire in his belly going back to this next training camp that he did for this one and for previous ones? I can tell you, Jake Paul, up until this point, has taken boxing incredibly seriously. I I've been to his training camp in Puerto Rico. I've been around him, his team. He's brought the right people in. He's brought in great sparring partners. He has done what he needs to do to maximize his talent. Will he still have that fire? That's a question. He says he will, and maybe he will, because he's a competitive guy. And I guarantee you, losing to Tommy Fury eats at him a lot worse than losing to any other opponent that might be out there. There was some bad blood between these two guys in the lead-up to the fight. Good sportsmanship afterwards, but bl bad blood in the build-up uh, to this fight. But I'm very curious to see if Jake Paul is the same guy after a loss, if he still wants to compete at the highest level uh, after a loss. But fun show, good show, not highly competitive. I thought maybe the broadcast went a tad over the top there, talking about the competitiveness of this fight. Neither one of these guys is going to be a cruiserweight champion anytime soon. But they fought. It was entertaining. You had a knockdown. You had some big shots landed. When you have two guys like this, that's really all you can ask for. And I am, I for one, I'm ready to see Paul versus Fury part two. I'm ready for the rematch. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. 
Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.